Ladies, are you tired of just surviving marriage and are ready to thrive in marriage? If so, I want to invite you to join my next group coaching session called Thrive Wives, formerly called Wife Life. Experience the very best of the coaching world as you glean from the wisdom of me as your main coach, plus a supportive team of women in similar stages of marriage. During our bi-weekly group sessions, you'll receive encouragement and support on real-life marriage issues and participate in real talk discussions on topics like communication, boundaries, sex, mommy issues, self-care, and so much more. Ladies, get in on this. Applications are open now at danashow.com forward slash thrivewives. That's D-A-N-A-C-H-E dot com forward slash thrivewives. Thrive Wives is open to all married and engaged women, but to keep our group as interactive and safe as possible, I'm limiting it to 12 women. So be sure to apply today at danashay.com forward slash Thrive Wives. Now back to our show. Hey, hey, everyone, it's Dana Shea, and you're listening to Real Relationship Talk. Welcome to episode 127, and we are continuing in this whole vision series. If you are listening to this podcast in real time, you know that we are in the month of January, and for many of us, January is the time that we set a vision for our year. We set a vision for our relationships, for our marriages, for our lives. And so this is our third installment in this whole vision series that I'm doing. And you guys, I have been so encouraged as I have looked at the podcast stats over the last couple of weeks. And you guys are loving this. Two weeks ago, I hit a record on the podcast. And the whole two and a half years that I have been doing this podcast, with the exception of the Lisa Turkhurst episode, which is where we talked about why did Lisa Turkhurst leave her marriage, this has been the highest rated episode of all time. And so I'm encouraged by that because that means that you guys care about vision. And I'm so excited about that because as you know, I absolutely think this is foundational, fundamental, extremely important to the health of your relationship. So without any further ado, let's get into today's episode. We're talking all about what happens when your marriage vision gets blurry. You are listening to Real Relationship Talk, a podcast helping married and pre-married couples build lasting love from above. Got problems? Let's solve them. Because real trials need real truth. Now it's time to get in the game with your relationship coach and host, Dana Shea. All right, friends. Well, y'all know that I have four kids, right? I have four kids. If you didn't know that, um, we have two adult kids and two teenagers. So the two teenagers are now uh, almost 16 and almost 14. It's crazy to think of like their next ages. And then our two adult kids are 23 and 20. Okay, I have to tell you the funniest story. If y'all follow me on Instagram, you know that my 23-year-old son, Chris, is a real estate agent, and he is killing the game. I mean, he is making us so proud, and he's always posting his uh, his recent stats or his, um, his most recent awards or accolades, and so I am such a proud mom, and I always repost his stuff, right? <laughs> So a couple of days ago, I posted on my stories because my son did over a million dollars in sales in one month, which is ridiculous. So, I mean, ridiculous in a good way. 
And so I posted on my Instagram stories and I was like, you guys, you know, and I'm all excited and I'm talking all about my 22 year old son. And I'm like, what did you, what were you doing when you were 22? I bet you weren't selling millions of dollars in sales, right? So my son DMs me and he says, mom, I'm actually 23. And I was like, what? When did you turn 23? And he was like, my last birthday. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. This whole year, I have been thinking that you were 22. My son's been 23 the whole time. So there's that. So anyway, I actually have two adult children, 23 and 20. And then, uh, like I said, the two teenage boys. So my youngest son, Colin, he is almost 14. And I remember when he was in first grade. And uh, I had picked him up from school one day and his teacher had like a kind of a concerned look on her face. And she said, Miss Williams, I need to talk to you about Colin. Now, Colin is the sweetest kid. He's never given us any troubles at school. So I knew that it wasn't like a behavioral issue. So she said, I think Colin might need glasses. She was like, he's really seeming like he's having a hard time understanding some of the questions and he's getting a lot of answers wrong on his papers. So I'm like, hmm, you know, Colin's really, really smart, like super smart. So we're thinking, all right, yeah, there's definitely something going on there. So I take Colin to the eye doctor and lo and behold, my child is blind. All right. Now I'm blind. Okay. Literally you guys. And I'll tell you a story about how I had my vision corrected in just a little bit, but all of my kids either wear contacts or glasses. So this wasn't like a huge surprise with the baby, our youngest now needing glasses, but this whole story really kind of put into perspective what happens when our vision gets blurry. So first and foremost, Colin's teacher noticed that there was a problem, all right? And then she said something to me about the problem. Then I decided to take my child to the eye doctor so that he get his, get his eyes checked. And then finally, Colin was able to see. And y'all, it was so precious. I remember when he put his little glasses on after we ordered him, we had to go back and, you know, get his glasses fitted and all that stuff. His little face broke out in the biggest smile. It literally makes me emotional thinking about it. So he, his little face just breaks out in this big, huge smile. And he's looking all around the room. And you could tell for the first time, he's seeing things as they should be. His little vision had been blurry all these years and we didn't know about it. And so now he's like, wow, well, look at that. And so I really want to talk about this today, y'all, because I think that if we are not intentional about our marriage vision, we will be like Colin with blurry vision. So let's go back into that story because I thought that there was so much gold there. Um, I know that there's so much gold there as I talk about kind of this process that we went through, me and Sean, as we helped our child to get his vision corrected. So first of all, like I said, his teacher noticed, and this is the importance of having objective, positive people in your life. When you start to get off track in your marriage and when your relationships start to get off track, you need to have people in your life who notice a problem, who say, hmm, you're getting some things wrong there. Hmm, you seem to be stumbling along the way. Hmm, you seem to be making some poor choices here. Someone noticed his teacher noticed, I probably wouldn't have known because I don't know Colin in a classroom setting. So when we're at home, he hadn't said anything about not being able to see the TV or not being able to see the things on the computer. But there in class, his teacher, an objective person, noticed the problem. The second thing I want to bring to your attention is she spoke up. 
She didn't just notice a problem, but then she said something about it. Now, maybe in your relationship, you're noticing that there are some problems in your marriage. There's some problems in your relationship, but you're not speaking up. You're keeping those things to yourself because you're afraid of conflict or you don't want to rock the boat. Or maybe you feel like we've been doing well and, you know, this isn't really that big of a deal. Or maybe you're noticing something in one of your friends or your family members relationships and you aren't speaking up. Listen, I'm not all about, you know, getting in people's business and putting your nose where it doesn't belong. But if you truly love your friends or your family members, or if this is you, if this is your relationship and you truly do love your partner, you have to speak up when you see things that are wrong, when you see things that are out of place, when you see your loved ones stumbling and making poor decisions, don't just notice it, but then say something. Okay. The third thing is we took him to the eye doctor. What would have happened if I would have told his teacher, you know what, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time and the energy and the effort to share with me that my son's vision is a little blurry. I really, you're such a, and you're an amazing woman. I appreciate that so much. But then I didn't do anything about it, you know? And this is kind of like when we are um, made aware of a problem in our lives, but then we do nothing to fix it. Maybe you're listening to this podcast right now because you know that there are problems in your relationship. And this podcast is maybe step one for you trying to get those problems resolved. That's incredible. And I want to encourage you to continue to listen to the podcast. But then what else can you do to actually bring solutions to the problems that you're facing? So we take them to the doctor. And then finally, number four, Colin could see clearly. This is the thing, friends. When we actually employ the solutions and many of these solutions to your marriages and your relationships, we talk about every single week on this podcast, but it's not just enough for me to tell you about a solution or to encourage you to do uh, some sort of take-home activity or to help you along the right path if you're not actually doing the work. So because we did the work, we paid for the glasses, Colin can see clearly. Many of you you need to go through this very simple process in your own marriage and in your own relationships. You will be amazed. I'm telling you, your face is going to break out in a huge smile, just like our son Collins did when he was able to see clearly. So let's talk for a second about your vision. We've been speaking over the last several episodes about the importance of having a vision for your marriage or your relationship. And y'all know by now, when I say marriage, I also mean a significant romantic relationship that you're in. Okay, so if you're like, oh my gosh, I've been listening to this podcast and she's only talking to married people. That's my specialty. That's where I focus in. But please take this information for your significant relationship, okay? As a matter of fact, we just had a most uh, a recent review on the podcast and it was from a woman who's been in a relationship for 14 years with her SO, her significant other. And she's talking about how encouraging this podcast has been to her. So if you're not married, this is still for you, all right? But number one, I want you to ask yourself, do you have an actual vision? Do you? If you don't, Episodes 125 and 126 are going to help you to know not only why you need a marriage vision, but in the last episode, I actually gave you guys my step-by-step -step process and how to create a vision for your marriage. If you've done that, I would absolutely love for you to send me an email. You can email me at info at That's I-N-F-O at 
D-A-N-A-C-H-E.com. Or if you're following me on Instagram, which I hope you are right now, you can uh, send me a DM at Mrs. Dana Shea. That's M-R-S-D-A-N-A-C-H-E. I want to hear about your vision. I want to hear maybe your process because maybe you employed some tactics or some skills that I didn't uh, necessarily recommend, but it's working for you. So if it's working for you, it's working for me. All right. But I want to know, do you actually have a vision? Some of you, you have no vision for your marriage. And so you're wondering, wow, why is my marriage vision so blurry? How come our relationship seems to be falling apart because you don't have a vision? So that's my very first question to you is, do you actually have a vision? The second thing I want to ask you is, if you have a vision, are you putting it into practice? Again, it is not enough just to have a vision statement written out, to have done the work of creating a vision statement with your partner, but then you never actually practice it. This is kind of like you learning another language, but never speaking it. So one of my neighbors is Mexican. And she has a really thick um, Spanish accent. And so she stumbles upon some of her English words and she kind of, you know, says the wrong word for English. And and so we kind of laugh about it. You know, she's a real great sport. And my Spanish is horrendous. Okay. Capital H exclamation point. Horrendous. So I had this idea with her. This is several years ago. And I said to her, I was like, how about this? I was like, you speak to me only in Spanish and I will help you with your English. And she was like, all right, deal. So she sends me a text message in Spanish and I was like, okay, I quit. (laughs) Literally y'all. I mean like no endurance, none, because I know enough Spanish to kind of get by, but I know to like native Spanish speakers, I sound like um, I'm three years old. I have all, you know how little three-year-olds talk and they just have like really terrible English. That's probably how I sound in Spanish. Why? Because I don't practice it enough. I don't have a ton of Spanish speaking friends. I don't watch Spanish uh, TV, which is probably a good idea if I actually want to grow in this language. So because I'm not using it, I lose it. And that's what's happening in some of your relationships. Maybe you have a marriage vision. You've talked about it. You've gone on a vision retreat. You're like, this is going to be the year, but you're not actually planning and participating in your vision. You're not practicing it. So my sweet advice to you is put it into practice. Don't just say that you have a marriage vision or a vision for your relationship, but put it into practice. If you say that you want to be a couple who um, lives compassionately and who um, shows each other affection and who values intimacy, how are you actually putting that into practice in your day-to-day life? So My second question to you is, if you have a vision, are you putting it into practice? Third question I want to ask you, if you think your marriage is, uh, your vision is getting blurry, are there competing visions? What is most important to you right now? Now, there's no judgment attached to this question. Because for some of you, you are killing it at work. For some of you, you are killing it in the parenting phase. For some of you, you have 15,000 things on your plate and you are doing your very best to keep all the balls juggling. And maybe your marriage vision isn't really as important to you as you think it is. Maybe it's like number four or five down the list. And listen, again, there's no judgment, but you need to be honest with yourself about where you are. You won't be able to ever get to where you want to go if you don't first answer the question of where you are today. 
So just simply ask yourself in a very honest way, what is actually most important to me right now? You know, again, we're at the start of the year if you're listening to this in real time. And for many of us, we have a lot of goals, things that we want to accomplish in this coming year. Maybe you want to lose weight or you want to gain muscle or you want to stop eating trash or you want to stop drinking or you want to give up complaining or you want to start a gratitude journal or whatever, right? The list can be long. You have to ask yourself, what's the most important thing to me right now? Because if your marriage vision isn't like number one on the list, then it's easy to understand why you feel like your your marriage vision is blurry. It's just not that important right now. So ask yourself what's most important. And then if this thing really is as important to me as I think it is, what do I need to reprioritize in my life so that I am actually putting into practice this marriage vision that I say that I have? Another thing I want to ask you is, are you and your spouse aligned? The Bible says in the book of Amos 3.3, how can two walk together unless they are in agreement? You see, if you have a marriage vision and then your spouse has another vision, obviously your vision is going to be blurry. You guys aren't even on the same page. So this is why I was recommending to you in the last episode that you go away, that you kind of have some sort of retreat together so that you can really talk about what your marriage vision is so that you both are working toward this together. It's going to be so important that you guys are in unity as you seek to create a vision for your marriage. So if your vision is blurry, could it be because you and your spouse have competing visions? Your spouse really wants to focus on finances and you really want to focus on y'all's parenting. Your spouse really wants y'all to get into shape and become healthy this year because they feel like if you're healthy on the inside, you'll be better on the outside. But you really want to buy a new house, okay? So, So you need to make sure that you guys are on the same page and that there's no competing visions. All right, another question that you wanna ask yourself when you're thinking about why your vision is blurry is what needs to be tweaked? What in your marriage could use some fine tuning? You see, some of you are actually doing really great in your marriage or in your relationship, but you need a little bit of maintenance care. It's kind of like you get a brand new car and your car doesn't need like a new transmission or a new engine, but you do need to get your oil changed every three months. You know, you do need to make sure that your the tread on your tires is still new. You do need to make sure that you're tweaking a little here, tweaking a little there. You need to be in constant communication with your partner to say, you know, how are we doing in this area? Wow, we're really growing in this area. What can we do more to continue to grow in this area? And this is where coaching really becomes a huge asset. See, a lot of people think that the only people that come to marriage coaching are people who are in bad marriages. Not true, my friends. Not true. I have couples that I coach who are doing great, honestly, real talk that I could learn from in some areas. So it isn't just for couples who are struggling, but it's for couples who they need some fine tuning. And listen, y'all, we don't know what we don't know. You have blind spots. I have blind spots. I have a marriage coach for that very reason. Not because I don't know what to do, but because sometimes I don't see the problem. Sometimes Sean doesn't see the problem or sometimes we see the problem, but we need another perspective to help us to fix that problem. So what in your marriage might need some tweaking, just some fine tuning? Again, you don't need a whole overhaul, but you do need some tweaking. Your marriage might be 
um, blurry. I'm sorry, your vision, your marriage vision might be blurry just simply because you need some fine tuning. Maybe you guys need some new goals. You know, if you've been at this marriage thing for a long time, and if you've been very intentional in your marriage by creating a vision, by checking in with each other, by doing a lot of the things that I coach you to do on this podcast, then you might need some new goals. And this is why, again, I know I sound like a broken record here, but this is why it's so good at the beginning of the year to sit together and talk about where are we going this year? If your goal was to work on your communication and now your communication is great, awesome. What's a new goal? Maybe you need to up your sexual intimacy. If you're like, nope, we're good in the sexual intimacy department, great. Maybe you need to get out of debt. If you're like, we're not in any debt, okay, well then maybe you need to go and mentor another couple because you got it going on. Whatever it is, you need to always be thinking, how can I get better? How can we do this thing better? What are some new goals that we have? What are some new adventures that we can go on? Maybe this is the year that you take an international trip together. Maybe this is the year that you decide to save $10,000. Maybe this is the year that you decide to become debt-free. Maybe this is the year that you decide to give more generously than you ever have before. I'm not sure what your goals are, but I know that if you're not constantly working towards something fresh and new in your relationship, not only is your vision going to get blurry, but it's going to get boring, okay? Your marriage was never meant to be stale, stagnant, or boring. And if you are in that place, one of the quickest, easiest fixes is for you to just simply develop a new goal together. And then finally, another question that you can ask yourself when your marriage vision seems to be blurry is, are there more drastic actions that need to be taken? Are there more drastic measures that you need to take? So earlier I said I was going to tell you about my own vision correction process, right? So when I was little, I wanted to wear glasses so bad. I mean, I don't know why. I just thought it was the coolest thing. I wanted to wear glasses and braces. I know, right? What a weird kid. Okay, yeah, I actually wanted to look like that. And so um, I used to take, y'all, I'm just, I'm just going to tell you. All right, I was such a weird kid. I used to take aluminum foil and I would put it on my teeth and then I would take a paper clip and I would open the paper clip so that it's like one line and then I would like put it on my teeth. I'm literally like going through this. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see what I'm doing. But I would put the little piece of paper clip on the aluminum foil and I made myself some braces. Now, listen, y'all can laugh all you want. That's called resourcefulness, okay? And I would walk around my house and my mom let me. My mom let me do everything, y'all. Y'all, my mom let me do the craziest things when I was a kid. And so I'm walking around my house looking crazy. And I also wanted to wear glasses. My mom wore glasses. My sister wore glasses. So I guess I was just like, I want to wear me some glasses. Not realizing that I had good vision at the time. And that was like, should have been celebrated, right? Nope, I want to wear glasses. So here I am in the first grade. And I still remember this little girl's name. Her name was Angela. So Angela wore glasses and Angela sat in front of me in first grade and I would just look at her and I would be like, I want to wear glasses like Angela. So one day, friends, I'm ashamed to say I fell into temptation. Angela put her glasses in her book bag, which was in a little closet in the back of our classroom. And so I still remember this, this vision or this uh, memory is super fresh in my mind. And so I go into the little closet in the back of our classroom and I stole Angela's glasses. Did I tell you that I was in first grade? 
Okay, so I don't know why I didn't think Angela wasn't going to notice me having her glasses on my face and that my teacher wasn't going to notice. Probably the same reason that I didn't think it was weird to walk around with aluminum foil and uh, metal on my teeth. So my teacher calls me out to the to the hallway and she's like, Dana, um, Angela's glasses are missing. Do you know where they are? Y'all, this is a true story. I wish I was making this up, but this is the God to honest truth. She's like, um, Angela's glasses are missing. Do you know where they are? And I was like, uh-uh, I'm not seeing them. Mm-mm. My teacher, she's so sweet. Her name was Mrs. Hood. I still remember Miss Hood. She said, are you sure you don't know where Angela's glasses are? Nope, mm-mm, haven't seen them, haven't seen them. Y'all, I had Angela's glasses. Okay, so I got in trouble. I think I got a spanking when I got home. I'm sure I did. And then I had to give Angela her glasses back. And the Lord answered my prayer and said, oh, you want to wear glasses, huh? So he made me blind. So by the time I was in third grade, I could barely see. True story, y'all. I was like as blind as a bat, could not see, had to wear glasses. So I've worn glasses and contacts my whole life since I was in third grade on up, right? And so I had a pretty severe astigmatism, which meant that I had to get toric contact lenses. For those who wear glasses or contacts, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. And so my contacts were more expensive because they were thicker. And when I would wear these contacts, I would be driving down the street. I'm an adult now. I've got kids and everything, okay? And I've, I've been wearing contacts for years. So I would be driving down the street, though, and out of the blue, my contacts would become like little suction cups to my eyes. And it was extremely painful and very dangerous because I literally couldn't see. And there have been several times where I would like swerve off the side of the road or thank God one of my kids would be with me and they would be like, mom, mom. And they would like grab the steering wheel. Well, this happened a couple of times. And then I realized, okay, this is really dangerous. So I decided I can't do the contact. So I can't do the contact thing anymore. And glasses, my glasses were like, seven inches thick. I'm telling you, like my eyes were so bad. I don't want to walk around wearing glasses like that. So that's why I wear contacts. So I said, all right, I'm going to go ahead and get LASIK surgery. And that's what I did. So in, I think it was 2015, 2016, I went ahead and I got LASIK surgery. And now I'm glasses free, contact lens free, even though now that I'm over 40, y'all, um, I think I'm gonna need readers soon, which they told me they were like, you know, this is going to last you for forever, but you might still need readers. And lo and behold, yeah, I find myself like, you know, you know how when people need readers, they like, you know, put the book like, you know, as far away from them as they can so they can see it. Yeah, that's my life right now. So what is my point in telling you that extremely long story? My point is, is that sometimes when your vision is blurry, you need drastic measures. LASIK surgery is a drastic measure. It's expensive. Um, the kind of surgery that I had is actually called PRK. It's kind of the original, the OG in LASIK surgery, which is actually safer, um, but it also uh, comes with a much longer recovery time. So I was in complete and utter darkness for almost a week. And I'm I'm not exaggerating. I mean, we had to put like thick comforters over our bedroom window because you can't have any kind of light coming into your eyes while your eyes are healing. So, but after I went through that whole process, I have 2010 eyesight. And so it's great. I have zero regrets. So for some of you, you need to take some more drastic measures. Some of you, maybe you're thinking, yeah, our marriage is, you know, it's a little off and our marriage vision's a little blurry, but you don't realize that you're actually like pretty far gone in your marriage and you need some emergency help. So if that is you, 
I would encourage you to have the humility, the vulnerability, and the courage to reach out for help. And again, I always talk about marriage coaching, not because I'm trying to sell you guys a product, but because I know the value of actually investing in your most important relationship. There is literally no reason in the world for any couple to get divorced if they have not sought help. Now, for some of you, maybe you are divorced and you're listening to this. Please do not hear what I'm not saying. I am not judging. There is no shame. But I know that there are several couples who give up and they never actually reached out for help. And there is help that is available to you now. So take advantage of that. So friends, don't walk around like Colin did without being able to see. There are glasses available for you to help your marriage vision to become clear. And hopefully again, by you listening to this podcast and by you doing the work, because y'all know I'm about to wrap this podcast episode up and you already know what I'm going to say. If you listen every week, it's not about just having information. It's about putting in the work. So thanks so much for listening today. I pray that you will do everything that you can to put in the work. One of the easiest ways, especially for my women listening today, to put in that work is to join the Thrive Wives group coaching. I'm so, so excited about Thrive Wives, y'all. And let me just tell you, you might be thinking Thrive Wives. I thought it was called Wife Life. Hello, rebranding here. And I'm excited about this because for the last several times that I've done this group coaching uh, cohort, if you will, it's been called Wife Life. And Wife Life is great. I love the name. It's catchy, right? But I believe that as we go forward with what I am doing in coaching, I really wanted to rebrand. And there's a whole story. I'll probably do a bonus episode on Thrive Marriage Coaching. But my uh, my business is actually changing names. Surprise, surprise. And it's now going to be called Thrive Marriage Coaching. And so the first kind of uh, major launch from that is going to be our Thrive Wives group coaching. So that's starting in just a couple months. You can head over to danashay.com forward slash Thrive Wives. Okay, and you can learn all the information that you need to know about getting signed up for that. Listen, if you are a wife, you are going to want to be a part of this group. There is such a benefit in individual coaching. I've talked about it on this episode. I've talked about it in several other episodes. But there is also, uh, in my opinion, even at times a greater benefit to group coaching because not only do you get to learn from me as your main coach, but you get to learn from the value and the expertise of other women and you get to be encouraged and supported right where you are. So I'm not going to go into all the details about that. I want you to head over to the website, danashay.com forward slash Thrive Wives. And you can read all about what you can expect. You can see how much the investment is. And um, I would love to have you in this next cohort. So thanks so much for listening today. You can find the show notes to this episode and every episode on realrelationshiptalk.com. Today's link is realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode 127. Well, that's it for today's show, you all. Remember, as I always say, a good relationship is not one that works. A good relationship is one where you put in the work. Let's get to work, my friends. I'll see you on the next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to Real Relationship Talk with Dana Shea. Find the show notes, helpful articles, and more relationship tips at realrelationshiptalk.com. Enjoying the show? Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And remember to subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode.
In a recent survey, parents reported that 52% of homeschooled children need learning accommodations. These parents need practical advice, encouragement, and hope to fuel their homeschooling efforts. The Empowering Homeschool Conversations podcast is where parents gain wisdom on how to teach unique learners successfully at home, like Laura, who recently told us, I needed this episode. I don't need a fancy curriculum or need to be a special ed teacher to teach my son. You have given me hope. To listen now, go to Life Audio or search Empowering Homeschool Conversations on your favorite podcast app.